but it can buy me a boat. There's a place where the boat is from. Listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. Please find us on Instagram. You could just check Always Be Booked or ABB Cruising. We post pictures. Some are beautiful. Some are ridiculous. We put up original memes. They're also usually pretty ridiculous as well. Also, please subscribe to the show if you like what you hear. Uh, You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. And if you wouldn't mind, like I said, subscribing. But, you know, if you're really feeling froggy and you really like the show, rate, review. And most importantly, if you could just let a friend know, anyone who likes traveling, cruising, podcasting in general. And, uh, you know, if you think they may enjoy the show, why don't you turn them on to it? Have them check it out. What can you really lose? Any questions or comments or even corrections that you might have if you hear something stupid, which I guarantee you will from time to time, uh, email me at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com or maybe more simply just shoot me a message on Facebook. And on Facebook, that's Always Be Booked as well. Uh, We have the YouTube channel also. Guess what it is? Always Be Booked. You guessed it. See, you guys, my audience is smart. I know you guys figured that out right away. It was Always Be Booked on youtube and uh you could find us there and you're gonna want to check that out because we got a montage coming you guys know if you listen to the show that i'd like to do the cruises and after each cruise i try you know if there's anything unique about the cruise if i wanted the same carnival splendor ship a bunch of times in a row i don't necessarily do it but if there's anything unique about the cruise i will do my best to get a montage up there and i'm absolutely gonna do uh, a montage about this one you know something else is cool uh you know i don't know if you know about cruiseradio.net or not i mean you probably should by now it's uh run owned operated the man with the plan doug parker uh he's probably the go-to source for cruising in general the news reviews uh everything you could possibly want uh is in doug's show and you can find that on cruiseradio.net itunes stitcher same thing uh back in october i've done actually done a, a bunch of them on his show but back in october i recorded an episode on his show where i reviewed the carnival live cruise uh on the carnival splendor uh it was the sam hunt carnival live uh cruise it was a totally totally out of control fun time it was a bunch of a bunch of friends that we went with a bunch of friends that we made on the ship and it was uh it was one of the best cruises i've ever had an amazing amazing time but you guys know what the deal is with this particular podcast and if you heard any of the last few weeks shows in a row you knew what this particular podcast was going to be about i just got back yesterday from a very taxing but amazing cruise on the oasis of the seas. And 
Uh, I know a lot of you are probably wondering, you know, because it is, I mean, as crazy as it is, uh, I don't get it. But, I mean, I guess I do get it, actually. But it's a polarizing ship. I know I'm late to the party. I know the o- Oasis class of ships has been around eight years already. I haven't been on an Oasis class ship. And uh, I've heard all the people who say what they say about it. You know what I mean? They say it's too big. They say it's impersonal. They say it's crowded. It's overwhelming. And to be honest with you, it all made sense when they said it actually still makes sense. I get it. If you're not looking for that type of cruise experience, it makes perfect sense to me why someone, you know, might be a little bit taken aback and turned off by an Oasis class type of a cruise. Having said that, let me tell you all something. Every so often you hear about something. You know what I'm saying? There's some hype around it. How big is this thing? How important is this thing? How powerful or simply how great something is. And everybody says it. And uh, and you guys know like I know, very, very rarely does the experience match the legend or the hype or that's around it. You know, some, a lot of times... Uh, things take on a mythical kind of uh, connotation when people talk about it and then you kind of experience it, whether it's because you heard all the hype or whether because it just really legitimately can't live up, we've all experienced that. And more often than not, that is the case. However, from the moment I stepped on this beast of a ship, I'm telling you it was love at first sight. It matched and exceeded every single expectation I could ever have. Both me and the lovely Miss Kay were basically baffled for seven days because of how incredible. I mean, what a structural wonder this. I, and at the end of the day, remember, this is a this is a transportation vehicle. This is designed to get you from one place to the other. And I mean, it was just a wonder to me. And and I and I still I still can't believe something. That big, and I mean that imposing, and that just I mean just we we we're lucky we're lucky to have cruised that ship. In my opinion, again, think about it. You know what I mean? I'm a Yankee fan. I'm a New Yorker. I'm used to Times Square. I'm used to massive amounts of humanity. I'm used to fast pace. I'm used to that stuff. So big and 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 over the top and you know excessive doesn't necessarily scare me or throw me uh you know throw rub me the wrong way so i guess maybe that has something to do with it uh i i I absolutely absolutely love this ship and love this cruise and it's really really hard for me to put it into words um how much I, I do love it. Now, let me say this, though. It by far was not the perfect cruise. I'm here to bring you the good, the bad, and uh, everything in between. I'm not going to be mesmerized and look at this through rose-colored glasses because this wasn't the perfect cruise. And there absolutely was areas that, you know, were, were to be desired. Le- left you left you wondering, you know what I mean? Eh, you know, that was a little off. There's a, but again, I told you this before. I've never had a bad cruise. I will refuse to have a bad cruise, but I also will do the best I can to bring you as much information about this ship as possible, about the cruise as possible, what you particularly can look for. I had people tell me stuff that I should look out for that I may not like on this ship, that they didn't like on this ship. A lot of that stuff did not bother me, So, uh, but there were other things on it that I did see that were lacking, and again... 
I'm just telling you that because I'm giving you the information and I'm going to go through those things with you as well. All right. So uh, you're not dealing with a premium ship. You're not dealing with a luxury ship. You know what I mean? You're not dealing with a, 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 a an over-the-top, um, you know, crystal cruise luxury experience or even just like the level of food on a princess or a celebrity. You know what I mean? These are... You know, premium cruises to luxury cruises. This is still a mass market cruise. So to go in expecting all this luxury and all that stuff is, is going to be wrong to do. So I did not. However, also, it's not a fun ship. It's not a Norwegian party cruise. You can tell that on this particular ship, I'll tell you right now, some of my wackiness, some of the things that I do when I'm with you know, a group of friends or stuff, I don't know, maybe maybe wouldn't have go over so well. So... I mean, on this particular cruise, I mean, for me at least, I kept things pretty straightforward. Yeah, I had my moments. We got a little wacky at certain times, and we'll go through all this. Uh, this this, this, uh, this could take a minute or two, so I guess we might as well get into it. Uh, one thing that really helped me that I know was important, I did do a lot of research. I told myself I didn't want to really research ships anymore because I wanted to experience the fun of getting on the ship, exploring it firsthand, and seeing things for the first time, and maybe letting myself get blown away versus, you know, getting 16 different angles on YouTube from it and already knowing the experience back and forth. Now it's just a matter of semantics and doing it and seeing it and experiencing it in person, which would take away. However, I suspended that uh, philosophy for this cruise because of the fact that you're dealing with a... Uh, 220 gross ton ship that is, I mean, just that carries up to 6,500 people. And by the way, we did have a sold out sailing. So we were every bit as, uh, you know, as packed to the gills as you thought we might be. So I didn't want to spend two full days learning the ship. So the research that I did absolutely served me well. I knew where things were and I had answers as far as being able to navigate the ship. Uh, and that did, I recommend doing that. On these particular ships, whether it's Oasis, whether it's Allure, whether it's uh, Harmony, or even uh, Symphony that's coming out, I I would definitely recommend having a good back-forth, top-to-bottom knowledge of where things are before you get on the ship. Um, Alright, so what I want to do is first... Talk about the ways that you can get around the ship. That's the first thing, the most important thing. Where am I going? How am I getting from here to there? So what you need to know is that there's three main ways to navigate across this ship. I shouldn't say across, lengthwise of the ship. Talking bow to stern, forward to aft. Uh, you want to know about the Royal Promenade. Promenade? Promenade? Promenade, right? I don't know. Whatever. That is um, on, what was it? The uh, fifth floor. And it was pretty much a shopping mall. It looked just like a shopping mall, just an entertainment mall. Didn't find, I don't say that in a bad way. I'm saying it like a very beautiful, well-kept, well-maintained, uh, attractive area that ran almost the length of the ship that gave you every piece of entertainment you could do. I mean, you didn't even have to leave the Royal Promenade if you didn't want to on this particular cruise, which a lot of people probably didn't because we'll get into the weather. The weather was not perfect either, and it was crazy because the ship actually moved a little bit, and I was like, damn, I could imagine what it would be like to be on like the Carnival Miracle right now if this ship is being uh, tossed around like it is. So that was a rough... uh, Anybody who was at sea 
knows or anybody who paid attention to the weather uh, knows that there were high, high winds uh, from South Florida all the way down to uh, Nassau, uh, all the way over to Nassau, I should say, for the first couple of days of this of this cruise. So, all right, so you have the Royal Promenade, and then the middle of the ship is split into two things, which is the boardwalk, which runs halfway uh, middle to aft, and uh, the Central Park portion, which is a little stretch of land on the 8th, yes, the 8th floor, that is very tranquil, it's peaceful, and just to describe the areas, Promenade is like Mall America USA, you have... uh, kiosks in the middle you have a starbucks in the middle you have a bunch of things so let's start with the royal promenade and i'm not guys i'm gonna miss stuff okay just like you know (laughs) um, i don't have all the answers i'm not gonna be able to tell you that i saw every single room or spent and really really spent a lot of time in every area a because half the time i didn't want to b because there just wasn't enough time to do it so let's talk about what you're gonna get in the royal promenade now, what you need to know is that what's unique about this ship and what's different about this ship, and I think it's, I got the feeling that this was how it always was. Everything that they would do, I was a big fan of, I'm always a big fan of deck parties, late night, under the stars, outside, beautiful weather, and uh, just an insane party by the pool with the ship's DJ, with the cruise director, with whatever theme they have going on, you know. I, I go until a good, you know, from whatever it is, 8 to well, 9 to 1 a.m. or And then you wrap it up in the disco, whatever it is. That does not exist. And I guess, again, I don't think it was because of the weather. I think what they do is just take the promenade, the royal promenade, and use all that stuff. Wherever they're going to do on deck, they bring it down and kind of make it, you know, the deck parties are now promenade parties. And that's what it seemed like what was going on to me. Uh Pretty much, the Lido deck was no man's land after, you know, once dinner started happening. All the action was on the fourth floor, which is the entertainment zone, which we'll talk about in a minute. The promenade deck, and a little bit, you know, a little bit on the the Lido deck, but people kind of just roaming around. They don't make it conducive for you to be hanging out there. And that's that to me, that was a negative. That's like an area where I love the Lido deck. I love being out there at night. I love the pool going. And I love just outdoor activities. I'm on a cruise. Uh, I'm not on a cruise to sit inside a shopping mall. I'm on a cruise to be connecting with the sea, the sky, the stars, the horizon, all that stuff. So uh, having said that, though, man, the productions they did in that promenade. There's parades. There's character meet and greets. There's Latin night. There is, uh, you know, all sorts of just deck party type stuff going on on the royal promenade promenade and it's packed people love it it's it's a little hectic but i mean the cruise director patricio was phenomenal and i gotta say you know that's where a lot of that action goes down so what do you got you got on the promenade promenade deck you got the royal theater you have uh, a sports bar called on air which doubles as a karaoke bar you have uh, Bolero, which is the Latin salsa type, salsa type place, and you know the high energy Latin music, very very popular spot. Uh, good good time. They always had some good live music in there going on. You had you know what was, I thought was really really cool. They had a place called Globes and Atlases. Is that what it was? Yeah, Globes and Atlases. I think that's what it was. 
See, I did so much research. I'm not even sure if that's what it was called. But it basically, uh, I don't know if that's the Allure one or, or ours, but what it is is basically an English pub. And it's an English pub to the point where you walk in there. I thought I was in the freaking Upper East Side of Manhattan walking into you know some pub that still you could sit. It looks like it's got the mahogany wood. It's got you know the old style furniture. All the uh, bartenders are dressed up in you know smocks, ties, and shirts, and uh, it's got it's got the beer smell. It's got that that's that. If you if you run bars and you know by the time you 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 day walkers come into the bar, it just smells like people or smoke or food or whatever it is. But it's got that smell that if you operate a bar, especially a, a midtown east or upper east side bar in Manhattan. When you walk in and there's nobody in there yet, that beautiful mix of draft beer and wood <laughs> together, uh, it had that. And I thought that was really, really cool. You really feel like you're walking into an establishment at sea. And that was the uh, English pub. Beautiful. They had a, a guy playing live music there. What else did they have? They had the Champagne Lounge, which uh, was really, really nice. Um, uh, what was it called again? Uh, you can't miss it. It's a champagne lounge. You had uh, Sorrento's Pizza. The, the pizza is awful. I mean, I'm going to tell you something right now. If you need no self-respecting pizza person is going to eat that pizza. I can tell you right now, the pizza on the Lido Deck of Carnival that's 24-7 blows away anything that Sorrento's was doing. So I'm going to keep it real. You know, this is the most impressive, most out of control, most impre- uh just glorious cruise ship I've ever been on. But in the areas where it lacks, I'm going to point it out. And let's just start with that right there. The pizza was a joke. It was almost like DiGiorno. Uh, you know, <clears throat> it, not not good. Not good pizza anywhere on the ship, room service, anything. The pizza was pretty inedible, I would say. Also, staying with the promenade deck, there is a Starbucks right in the middle. That is a charge. If you are, um, you know, if you get the open bar package like we did, uh, the Starbucks is not free. You have to pay for the Starbucks. And I did at least four or five times. Starbucks is so bitter, though. I'm a Dunkin' Donuts guy. And uh, I can tell you that, you know, four nights in, I had a, I had a little heartburn uh, from continuously having that Starbucks iced coffee. Or it could have been a gallon and a half of vodka I probably had every day. But, you know, why, why, <laughs> why blame it on that when there was a bitter coffee there that I could blame the heartburn on? Uh, what else is on the... Um, promenade deck. Oh yeah, the Rising Tide Bar, which was cool. You know, I actually thought the not not lately. I mean, when I first saw the Rising Tide Bar and first heard of it, I thought it was a um, an, a, like an elevator, like a real elevator that you go in and you press a button on, and it just happened to be a bar as well. But people can navigate throughout the whole ship and go to their staterooms from <laughs> from the Rising Tide Bar. That's not the case though. It is a bar that goes from the promenade deck up to Central Park, and it leaves about every half hour. So we spent a couple of trips on there. At the end of the day, what do you do? You know, it's you, you've seen it, and it's it's definitely a gimmicky type thing. Nonetheless, is is very cool. Uh, there's a, another deck. So there's two decks to the promenade. If you go upstairs, you will see schooners and schooners. I guess rhymes with crooners which means, uh, I don't know if there's a connection there, but that was basically the piano bar of uh, the promenade deck um, of the entire ship, and that was a very 
Very popular spot. A lot of people went there. There was also trivia there during the day, which is hysterical. We had this one trivia. We went to Country Music Trivia. And uh, we're all waiting around. There's probably about a good turnout. Probably a good 200 people sitting there waiting for trivia to start. And again, I'm not being racist, but I'm not here to freaking be politically correct either. It was funny as hell what happened. So we're waiting to do country music trivia. And this woman, who I can't pretend to know where the hell she was from. I'm not going to. She was such a sweet lady. Very pretty lady. Fun. A ball of energy. But you could tell she had not the first clue about country music or and that was so funny too the sports trivia will be by some guy who's never even you know looked at a baseball before or whatever but again you can't expect what are they gonna do have freaking you know willie nelson come out and do but it is what it is but she she was so fun and so delightful but she gets on the microphone with all the energy in the world and i can't really do the impression i think i don't know what she was she was like i don't know it was almost like she was speaking like borat uh, if Borat was a woman trying to hold a country music trivia contest, and she goes, uh, "Welcome everybody," it, and I'm gonna do a horrible impression, but she was calling it country, uh, C O U N T, country. Welcome to the country music trivia, and then she would go, "And everybody, one, two, three, <laughs> I was wondering. It took me like five minutes to figure out she was trying to say "yeehaw." She was like, like there was all sorts of different noises coming out of her mouth because she would go one, two, three. And everybody's like, you didn't tell us what we're supposed to do. One, two, three. And then she would go, welcome to country, country music trivia. Here we go. One, two, three. Like it was I was dying laughing. I mean, it was very, very funny. I apologize for the noises I just made into this microphone, but. Yeah, it's obviously something you had to be there for. But if you were there, you would you would have got it. And like, so she play a song, and we got to guess what it is. And then, don't tell my heart, my achy breaky heart would come on, and she would just start dancing around the room as if this was her favorite song in the world. But that's what you want, right? You know, as funny as it is, because she's you could tell she has no clue about. She couldn't be further away from country music if she tried, but. The fact that she was just leaving it out there and going for it was cool. It really, really was. But again, we, we sh- everybody in that room sure as hell got a kick out of it too. But she was great. Um, country country music trivia was good. So that was in uh, Scrooners. What else was in the promenade? Uh, so you had some retail shops. You had the next cruise booth. You had, like I said, the champagne bar. You had the... Um, there were islands throughout the place. So you, if they were trying to sell watches, that's where they would do it, in like a retail island in the middle of the promenade. Uh, they set up a stage at some point. They set up a bridge at some point to do some activities, like when they did the parade or when they did the deck parties. Uh, they, they did it all in the promenade. Uh, promenade. I got to start. What am I? I'm like a moron. Like what am I saying? Promenade? Like it's Gatorade or something? Promenade. It's a promenade, right? Promenade. Which was cool in the promenade too is that they had like two little spiral staircases uh, that just led you right to the casino. Very, very smart. They had the uh, Michael Kors retail shop there as well. Uh, Probably forgetting something. Um, But again, I I just urge you, research the crap out of it. Know what's there. Oh, the um, Promenade Cafe. 
not really much to do in there really this average sandwiches and some coffee and stuff like that so I didn't spend so much time in the Promenade Cafe, but it's a very attractive venue and very large, prominent venue in the uh, Promenade. Promenade. (laughs) I'll get there. Uh, What else has uh, major connections to most of the uh, main dining rooms are from there, uh, as well as the main main theater as well. Uh, That's pretty much it on the Promenade. Uh, What else do they have? All right, so let's move on to another neighborhood. So I think an underutilized area is the boardwalk. Really, really cool. They nailed this. They put a merry-go-round there. They got like a boardwalk-looking feel to the street. They have an island bar in the middle of the boardwalk, which is run by uh, Sabor. Uh, Sabor, to me, I'll be honest with you, uh, I hear a lot of good things about it. Matt um, from uh, Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast you still would rave about it as well. I can tell you right now, I didn't really like it. I had the, uh, I was looking forward to it too. I got the mole, short ribs, not so good. The uh, tacos, the lovely Miss Kay had the tacos. She thought they were okay. Um, I didn't think they were very, very good. The chicken definitely wasn't fresh. And the guacamole, they didn't make it in front of you. They told us they were going to make it in front of us. They didn't make it in front of us. We didn't complain because we're on a cruise uh, and we're having fun. Uh, but it, it it left something to be desired. We didn't. It, it definitely tasted like it came from a grocery store and it was pre-made. I don't know that it was, but it definitely tasted like that, or maybe just tasted like that because I didn't see them make it in front of me. Who knows? But uh, I didn't think much of Sabor. It wasn't bad. I'm not gonna say it was bad. It just did not blow me away. Johnny Rockets is on the boardwalk as well. That do- let me tell you something. By the way, that doghouse. I thought it was going to be just, you know, a gimmicky hot dog stand. That's a that's a can't miss. You got to go get the hot dogs from the, uh, the the doghouse over there because they have a regular American chili cheese coney dog. They have an uh, Italian where you can get peppers and onions on it. You can get the Chicago dog and you can get the German. So, uh, and and really it was the 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 hot dog was like kind of gourmetish too, like the the actual hot dog. It was the K, you know, when you bite into the casing and you kind of can hear that, feel that snap. And then the flavor was over the top. The toppings were great. Don't miss out on the doghouse. Uh, I don't know if it's on the radar, but it it's, it's definitely, a, to me, a can't miss. There's also the, um, they have the uh, ice cream parlor, which we did not have. Uh, like I said, Johnny Rockets we did have, which was very good. Uh, they have an amusement park, not an amusement park, an arcade in there. They have the merry-go-round. I mean, I got on the merry-go-round. I don't know. What are you going to do? I got on it. It's, it's there, so you get on it. Why not? Uh, yes. Did I feel like a man-child on it? Was I embarrassed to be on it? Yes, but you got a merry-go-round sitting there. You got six or seven vodka sodas in you by 2 p.m. You know what? We're going to get on the merry-go-round. So that's what happened. Um, the dive theater is back there. You know, the dive theater was an issue because uh, we had a lot of high seas, at least on the way down. And then we had some rain on the way back. The weather wasn't great for this cruise. It definitely had enough to where it didn't really affect me so much. But I don't know. I thought I heard the dive shows were really, really cool. Uh, I did not get to see any of the dive shows because the timing was wacky. We were ready to just walk on, walk into one, but that was one of the first couple of nights, and that did get canceled. And I did see that in a uh, review somewhere. Uh, I think it was on Matt's show. Somebody said, you know, you know, make sure you uh, 
get a reservation for the dive show because the fact that the first couple of nights it often is canceled because that's when the seas are a little bit higher than they are when you're you know in the southern caribbean or the uh, eastern caribbean or just in the caribbean in general and you're out of the atlantic ocean so uh that's a suggestion make a reservation for that because what they'll do is reschedule it towards the end of the cruise but if you don't have a reservation it's going to be that much harder for you to be able to walk in uh boardwalk what else um the rock climbing walls and the boardwalk the boardwalk is a really cool place to just stroll around and chill it was really really nice i thought a lot of the stuff that they did in the promenade i think maybe they could have done on the boardwalk because again it doesn't have pools per se but it does have an outside feel you do feel like you're out you are outside actually and it's cool kind of being in the shadow of the two for lack of a better term hotels on either side of it and it, the boardwalk is, is just a chill spot at night i always found myself kind of yeah, let's go outside. Let's see what's going on on the boardwalk. And it was always quiet. There was never anybody out there late at night because, you know, they do such a good job of drawing people to the entertainment complex on deck four and the promenade on deck five so that there's not a lot of action going on out there. I think they should use a lot, utilize it a little bit better. And you'll see some pictures that I took when I do the montage. You'll see some uh, pictures I took of the boardwalk that were that was late night. I really had a good time out there, man. I really liked the boardwalk. Um, what other restaurants are there on the boardwalk? I believe that's it. Um, Sabor's great bar. Sabor is a great bar. Uh, they have the Island Middle Bar where you can get, you know, really delicious margaritas. I just didn't think the food at that place uh, was really warranted war- warranting a, a upcharge or anything like that. Again, the menu was small too. It was just like a couple of quesadillas, a couple of tacos, and the only real deal kind of like, you know, I guess entree type thing. Was the uh, the the short rib the mole the mole short ribs and I really like mole sauce and uh, it just didn't it didn't really uh, it didn't do it. Chips are really good though. <laughs> I was telling Kay it was on the the second night was it the, no the first night. Uh, the chips were just out and so like feels like a freaking bottomless bucket of chips and I just kept stuffing my face with these damn chips and I was pissed off because. Uh, again, my plan was to just really do the right thing for the first three, four days. I did go to the gym every day, went to the gym every single day, and uh, I just ate more than I wanted right out the gate. That first freaking uh, lunch, <laughs> that getting on the ship, sat down, Johnny Rockets. Okay, yeah, I could have my freaking boring chicken sandwich here, or for absolutely free, I can get this freaking double, you know, caramelized onion, mushroom, cheeseburger with fries and i'm on a damn cruise and i'm outside and i'm pumped and i'm gonna get the freaking cheeseburger so that kind of just set us off set me off i should say and that was it we were off to the races um all right so that's the boardwalk now let's move over to central park now central park is an area on a cruise ship unlike any area on any other cruise ship i've ever been on i'll say this it was kind of sleepy there was never really any action going on out there they didn't really do anything as far as like let's just use the word fun. I'm not gonna say I didn't like it. I loved it. It was a beautiful. It was beautiful. Very very peaceful. I mean, when I when if you're looking for peace, quiet, and tranquility on a cruise ship, this is the place for it. It had your main your restaurant. So it had uh, the first of all, it's uh, the Central Park Cafe, which was delicious. Again, it's a little bit of a 
glorified version of the Promenade Cafe, but yes, it absolutely was better. Those roast beef sandwiches, you know, we heard all about them. You hear about the roast beef sandwiches, home run. I didn't get to them till the last day. I didn't get to the day before the last day, but I did go in there. They carve it up for you to go. It's not like a regular roast beef sandwich from just like a New York deli with cold, uh, cold roast beef. No, they hand carve it for you, and then they put a little of uh, an au jus on there. And then they ask you what else you want. I opted for the horseradish. And I got a little salad with that. And yes, the roast beef sandwich from the Central Park Cafe is very good. And you should absolutely do it. They have the wine. Uh, the wine shops. Uh, the wine uh, little little wine bar they have there. They have a couple of retail shops. Which was uh, Michael Kors. Coach. They had Coach up there. And they also had a jewelry store up there. Uh your higher end options, uh, 150 is it 150 Central Park? Uh, and it's that's designed by some chef. Some chef helped them with that, and it's in his name, I forgot what the what the name of the chef was. It wasn't Emerald or Bobby Flay or anything, so I don't know who the hell they are. But that's where they say you go, and we didn't get to that. But they said that's where you go if you want the over the top culinary experience. Chops, I had chops. Let me tell you something. Chops was good. Chops was solid. I still don't think it was as good as the Carnival Miracle in the uh, the Nick and Nora Steakhouse. I really feel like, uh, you know, and back when I went on that, it was $30, and that's it. You get what you want in the steakhouse. Order whatever you want. I was happy with what they included. I opted to pay an extra, what was it? What did I pay? An extra 19 or $29 for the upcharge uh, for the dry-aged uh, steak. Um it was good. It was a solid steak. It wasn't like one of those melt-in-your-mouth, char-grilled on the outside, uh, all over-the-top flavorful steaks. But it was a good solid steak and uh, nothing to complain about. And they're not stingy over there. So you order that upcharge. You can get as many appetizers as you want. You can get as many. I think Carnival does limit you. Like So you can just pay the $35 upcharge or maybe it's 45 I don't know what it is now in the Carnival ship. Maybe it's 40 but you pay that upcharge, and they will say, okay, you could have a course of everything uh, and up to two of something, and they would they gave you an extra something. But if you tried to go nuts, they're going to bang you out for like a little bit of an extra charge on top. Now, Royal Caribbean charged you for the dry-aged steak if it was dry-aged. It just seemed like a pretty good, good to, a, a good steak is what it was. It wasn't great. Um, and, uh, but if aside from that upcharge and they give you shrimp, surf and turf shrimp with it and the upcharge and the, um, upcharge will also get you the dry edge steak and, uh, you can just go to go to town with the sides and the appetizers, no matter what you want. You can keep ordering sides and the sides are really good. Mushrooms, cream, spinach, uh, potatoes, um, uh, just a bunch of good options as far as chops goes. Chops, as far as a steakhouse at sea, I will give it an 8.5, 100% all day. Very, very satisfied with the meal overall. The service was phenomenal, uh, as you would expect in a, in a high-end steakhouse. It was great. And then across the way from chops, you had Giovanni's. Giovanni's we enjoyed, and I'll tell you, as far as a sit-down dinner, this was probably my favorite. Um, first of all, the guy, we walked up there that night, we walked up there, uh, we were greeted with a woman, like, like literally like it was Central Park and just high art sitting there with, 
uh, a violin and she was playing some beautiful violin music with a piano I believe it was a piano uh, yeah piano accompaniment uh, I was playing the piano and it was just some delightful delightful classical music being played under a very peaceful beautiful night surrounded by greenery and trees and, and, and plant line plant life and uh, we were just in a side basically an Italian cafe type thing and just she just playing music and in between songs she would you know you felt that she and that was so and so by so and so and she kind of announced each song and then moved on to the next one that's where I kind of had my moment <laughs> where I was like wait a minute all right, so I guess this is probably, you know, I could picture some of my friends, Chris or Nick or somebody, busting in with their cut-off uh, shirts on and, you know, just rolling around. What? I'm on a cruise. I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> that, that was one area where you could tell you're not in Kansas anymore from a cruising standpoint. This is not Carnival. This is not Norwegian. This was like highbrow entertainment. And uh, we sat down, and there was, <laughs> again, no, not being politically correct. He wasn't either, though. He comes to the table. He was clearly an Asian guy with an, with an accent. I think he was uh, from the Philippines. And forgive me for impersonating again, but he was like, Hello, I am Kenneth, your Italian waiter for the night. And he just started laughing, too. And we started laughing. It was a great little moment. And I'll, I'll tell you what, Giovanni's was phenomenal because uh, the lovely Miss Kay just was like, oh, I was hoping there'd be lasagna on the menu. The guy, we're on a cruise ship or at sea. The guy says, ma'am, if you'd like lasagna, I will make sure we make lasagna for you. And they made her off the menu on a cruise. We were blown away by that. But we had a, um, we had some, we had uh, some like squ- uh, squash uh, raviolis. We had um, a like sort of like a bruschetta, but like with like, uh, fresh mozzarella and um, like maybe like a uh, what was it a prosciutto again I, I should I actually didn't even write all this stuff down you'll see in the montage what it was there's pictures of the food and then uh, I got a uh, veal chop a stuffed veal chop which was delicious uh, it was just really really good food and it was you know, I mean again I'm not I'm gonna say it was like you know award winning fine dining but for the price and for the experience and for the enjoyment of it and the special uh, attention that we got when they made her the lasagna, like just they put it out there, delicious. And uh, for dessert, I had I wanted to try the cannoli and the tiramisu. No problem, sir. We'll bring you both. And uh, there wasn't any left when it was over. A funny anecdote during the uh, dinner that we had there, we looked up and we saw just an area. And this was day... What was it? Day six, the last day before the before before we got off the ship, we noticed an area looking up. I think it was towards, yeah, towards aft. We were in the Central Park area, looking aft at the very top. We saw like a purple lit up window, like tinted out, very very high. We're on deck eight. This is on deck like sixteen or whatever. So we're wondering what it is. Like, we haven't been up there yet. What is that? What is that? We couldn't even figure out what it was. And uh, the waiter came by, our Asian, uh, Ital- Italian, quote-unquote, waiter. We asked him, like, sir, we just had a question for you. What is that room up there? We haven't seen that yet. And he just stared at it. And he looked at it. And he kept looking. 
and he got like embarrassed. I'm like, wow, what's wrong? He's like, I don't know what that, I don't know what that is. I can't tell you what that is. We're like, okay, yeah, no problem. It's a big ship. We understand. He's like, no, but I've been on this ship for five years. I don't know why I don't know what that is. So we all started laughing, and then he asked another waiter, and the other waiter told us that was the uh, coastal kitchen for the Pinnacle members. Looked cool up there. Looked like looked like looked awesome. Uh, what else goes on in Central Park? We talked about the wine bar over there, uh, the retail shops. There's a really cool little outdoor like bistro bar uh, that's just kind of set up. It's just so quiet, so peaceful, so mellow. If you're really in the mood for that, again, it's not always my thing, but I couldn't help but be impressed by the setup at Central Park. And it has like, you'll see it's a little bit windy. The sidewalk is a little windy, but it's very, very sleepy. It's very, very quiet. It's very, very kind of, you know, everybody chill, relax, calm down. This is not, you know, this is not a deck 12 on the Carnival Splendor. This is not, you know, (laughs) this is not the Spinnaker Lounge on Norwegian This is Royal Caribbean, this is the Oasis, and, you know, dress nice and be classy in Central Park for dinner. And I would recommend that if you you stop bringing, like, your crazy game and your whack job, uh, you know, antics, if you want to do that, believe me, I'm sympathetic to that. That's me. But don't don't really do it dinner time in Central Park. It's not really the the way to go. Um, All right, let's go down to deck four, entertainment place. So that's, like, where the action is. If I guess you're looking at quote unquote getting some trouble, that's the energy spot. That's the the pulse. If you're looking for nightlife, for entertainment, for all that type of stuff, it's not all like you know vice type stuff. It's also some cool stuff that's very innocent as well. For instance, Studio B, which is the ice skating shows. That's where that happened. That's all an entertainment uh, place too as well. And that fourth deck, uh, you have the casino, which. I don't really want to talk so much about the casino for this trip. All I'm saying is uh, Royal Caribbean, I am waiting (laughs) anxiously for an email from you telling me what I'm eligible for based on what I lost on this cruise. Hopefully something. Uh, It was interesting. Me and the lovely Miss Kay were playing together next to each other. I always play two hands of blackjack. She was playing... Blackjack as well, but one hand, I was sitting at the end, and we'd have her hand where she would bet small, and then I would bet with the other hand, and then I'd use the last hand to use the research that I got from the first two hands between hers and uh, my first one to maybe make some big bets with that last hand, and that was really working in the beginning. We actually, I'm looking at the cards, (laughs) this is not good, but... Hey, whatever it is, what it is, you're gonna tell me. I'm not, it's not card counting. I'm just saying. You look for if four if four picture cards come up in a row, uh, you gotta have a feeling that you're not gonna get another one. So you're probably more likely to hit on a 15 or something like that because you just saw four kings, jacks, and queens go. So it's the law of averages. So we were playing that a little bit, and it was really, really working out the first day. And she. Uh, I asked her, she's like, what do you want me to do? And she had a three and then another three, and it was a six. I was like, just do me a favor. I got a feeling. Do me a favor and stay. <laughs> so she stayed on six. I mean, literally six, three and three. She's The dealer's like, what are you doing? And then, boom, sure enough, I got ten I needed, and uh, we had a great first day. It was up 750 bucks. 
And that was the last I saw of anything remotely close to being up at all whatsoever. And listen, you took a beating. I've been feeling pretty good about my last few cruises as far as the gambling, so I can't really complain. Uh, you're not, you're not going to win all the freaking time. And you look at it like you had a great time on the cruise, you took a bath, you got your ass kicked, and that just means you're that much closer to your next win. So... You know, knowing full well you can't win them all, you don't get too upset about the times. This was a little bit more of a beating than I wanted to take, though. But, uh, hey, listen, it is what it is. What else do they have on deck four? They have the casino, the uh, Studio B, which is the Studio B, right? Yeah, Studio B, which is the ice skating uh, rink and where they have the Quest. You have the Blaze nightclub uh, slash disco, whatever you want to call it. You have a jazz lounge down there, and you have a a stand-up comedy club. Uh, the stand-up comedy was bad. I can tell you that. That's another thing. Carnival gets a little bit of a notch on. Uh, it was just some. It was, it was a girl and a guy. The whole entire ship. So that's it. Uh, Carnival. I don't know. I feel like they took a little bit of a step back once they stopped the George Lopez affiliation. I don't even know if that's really what happened, or that's really even an issue that you know has anything to do with it. But I noticed. I always loved the, uh, you know, it was always like a Latin guy or a black guy or like a real edgy white guy that was always on the uh, George Lopez comedy uh, roster. Now, the last couple of carnival cruises I went on, it was a little bit more squarish type thing. You know, guys without acts, it's all about crowd work. Guys that come in that, uh, you know, all just have corny, cheesy, cruise-related, you know, humor that you've heard before. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know if that's by coincidence, but I do know that George Lopez isn't in the mix anymore. But all I will say also is that the Royal Caribbean uh, comedy did not really do anything. We walked out on the first show, and I laughed at anything, especially I'm at sea. I'm a big stand-up comedy fan, and I'm an easy crowd when I'm at sea. But it was not uh, anything that we would want to waste another you know, half hour on as far as from that standpoint, we were into the casino after that. Uh, <laughs> hindsight, we probably should have just stuck around and dealt with the bad comedy. Um, is that it for deck four? Yeah, that's it for deck four. The casino takes up most of it because it's just extended very long. And then on the one side, you have the Studio B, and the other side, you have the um, Comedy Club, Blaze, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, they also have a main dining room down there. Uh, and that's Entertainment Place. What else do they have? Am I missing anything? Um, no, that's pretty much it uh, in that area. You also have the Youth Zone, which is uh, you know up on the uh, upper deck where the Lido decks are. And they have the camps that are going on inside, separated by age groups. You have the uh, Royal Babies. You have the Kids Avenue. You have the, um, you know, the stuff for the teenagers as well. Uh, I'm going to tell you something, parents. Now, I don't want to say nothing. I'm only going to say this. This is all I'm going to say. Watch your teenager. <laughs> Watch your, t- especially the, the, the fathers with daughters. Watch your teenagers on these cruises. Because, I mean, I'm not, you know, here to supervise or police or anything like that. But all I could say is there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, there's drinking, there's, there's, there's here. There's a lot of here. Try this. It tastes delicious going on. If you walk by some of these, uh, you know, teenagers that are running around exploring the ship. And uh, I don't know. I'm just saying. If you don't see your teenager, if you're a parent and you don't see a teenager for half the cruise, 
uh, I don't know. They're, they, you don't see them. They're avoiding you. They don't, they don't care about me. They're not avoiding me. So I'm just saying, you may want to uh, have them check in with you every once in a while. There's some suspicious activity going on with these freaking teens on these cruise ships. And uh, I don't know. That's just, we're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it at that. Um, all right, what else? Uh, the uh, sports... Is that the connected with the pool area? Sports and um, pool area. Give me one second. I, I know these neighborhoods. Uh, pool and sports zone, yes, that's one thing. That's pretty much your Lido deck. Like I said, it was different, a little bit of a different experience as far as that goes. Uh, it was a very pleasant place to be. Yeah, pretty much have four pools. Uh, again, what are, what are they all called? You have the... Uh, you have the one area where it's for the kids, they could splash around, and across from that is like the beach pool, which is almost like, uh, you know, it doesn't have hard walls to it, it has like a sloping thing to basically mimic a beach, you have the sports pool, uh, which is an area where they'll do like belly flop competitions, or volleyball, or whatever, and then you have the main pool, which is, I guess, the biggest pool, where you know you're encouraged to kind of just do regular recreational swimming or just kind of just chilling by the pool or whatever as well um if you walk past the windjammer towards the aft part of the ship this was a popular area for us as it always is for me as far as you know aft goes even though there wasn't a pool back there uh again i cruise because i like to be connected with the sea as much as possible i like to look at the horizon i like to look at the water i like to look at the wake and uh there was what was called the wipeout bar back there so it was cool back there it was everything you'd want except no pool which they have plenty of room for a pool they should put a freaking pool right where that big area is if you look on the ship and you check it out if you're going to do your research you'll see there's an area back there that's just open that's just empty i'm sure it's not just it's not that easy to just throw a pool (laughs) onto a deck but that's the deck they have the other pools maybe maybe they can who knows uh Maybe even just like a wading pool where you can put your feet in. That's kind of, you know, always a nice move. Just be able to put your feet in the water with a cold drink with some music in the background. Yeah, they had music back there too. That was cool. A little energy. Um, and that, that was enjoyable as opposed to the other side, which I will talk about in a second. The uh, And that was the flow riders were right there. And that was cool too. It gave you something to watch. You know, you're watching people wipe out. I was a little worried about the kids, you know what I mean, because it's the flow rider and the kids love the flow rider with the running back and forth, soaking wet, screaming, making noise and uh, being annoying. That did not happen really. You know, the kids, you know, sat, wait, waited in that little bleacher area for their turn on the flow rider. And it's interesting to watch. Big shout out to the lovely Miss K who did the flow rider. And uh, I can tell you right now, I must have seen about 70 to 100 flow rider rides. And only twice, both times from the lovely Miss K, where she took out the instructor that was trying to freaking teach her how to use the machine. She, <laughs> she was holding on for dear life. And she was holding on a little too tight. She wiped out. And the instructor, uh, God bless her, she was such a good sport about it too. She was being cool. She was really trying to teach her. She was trying to be very, very patient. She was smiling the whole time. And twice she got repaid for that by getting you know, herself wiped out because uh, Kay, Kay dragged it to the ground <laughs> by accident as well. After the first one, Kay was like, listen, I'm not doing it again. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pull you down. I, I'm, and then she made her do it again. No, no, no. You try it again. You try it again. That was it. So Kay also did. She was the adventure one. She did the zip line. I did not do the zip line. 
I don't know if I would have done it. I was there was probably a ten pound difference between the first couple of days and the last couple of days of me. I said that I would wait. I would wait for someone bigger than me to do the uh, zip line. That moment never came. She kept telling me, "Do it anyway. Do it anyway." And we made friends with the bartenders in the back. Uh, and one was named Simon, and uh, he was a good dude. He was laughing. He goes, "It is Jamaican, Jamaican, or or somewhere from the islands." And Kay said to him, and listen, he was a bigger guy too, and I'm a little bit of a bigger guy. And he, <laughs> she says to him, Simon, will you tell him to go in the go in the zip line? And I was like, Okay, me and me and Simon already talked about this. Simon, should I be going on the zip line? And he just looked at me dead in the eye. He knew he could be honest with me. He goes, Mister Thomas, you keep your damn ass off that stupid thing, will you? You know that's not for you. That's not for me. That's not for you. And I was a horrible Jamaican accent, but. He 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 was cool enough to be like, do not get your fat ass on that zip line. Do not do it. It's not, don't waste your time. Um, but it was cool to watch people flying across. Uh, <clears throat> it was adventurous sometimes. Uh, it's a little freaky, a little scary because you're hanging out on a ledge, and one kid was very very small, and it was a little weird because he had to reach up to kind of hang on to the handle because he. I guess it was just high. It was high for the size that he was. I guess he barely made the height limit. But then there was like a moment where since he was so high, uh, since since his arms were so high and since he was so small, getting him unhooked from the zip line was an issue. He had to like jump like three or four times to be able to be in a position to be able to be able to unhook the zip. And they were having a real problem with this because he just wasn't able to jump and they were having a problem unhooking him. And it was freaking nerve wracking because this whole time, he's off the side of a freaking of a, of a of a platform that's plummeting down nine stories to Central Park. It was never any danger. It was never really scary. The mom was there the whole time. You could tell it was just you know, she wasn't scared. But nobody was feeling a hundred percent comfortable until this kid was unhooked. And it took a good five minutes. And the kid was shaken up. The kid was a little shaken up. I guess he was still technically tied in, but. Again, there's just like a there's just like a ledge that that has no gate, no railing, no uh, fencing. It's just you because you, you have to land. It's like your landing area when you zip line, and uh, it was just a little scary. No, it was never a danger. Again, I'm not going to make it all really dramatic because it wasn't. But that's what it was. So you walk over, you can you see the wind jammer, you see all that stuff, uh, the mini golf course. So let me just paint the picture. Back of the ship, you have the wipeout bar flanked on either side by flow riders uh, behind one flow rider is the sports court which is basketball volleyball soccer whatever you want it was mostly basketball uh, and on the other side of the gap which is where the people were zip lining which is behind the other flow rider was the mini golf course and then if you kept walking fast uh, um, past there was a, um, a table tennis area you had the wind jammer you had the um Wipeout Cafe, you had a little gift shop up there, and you had a little, another arcade up there. You also had a, 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 a shop where you can search, uh, shop, they had a shop where you can shop for like uh, shore excursion things like uh, flippers or like um, t-shirts or wetsuits or uh, snorkeling equipment, this and that. Um, and then you walk past a little bit more, now you're on the pool deck, and that's where the four main pools are. Um Continue to walk back, and let me tell you something. Uh, I'm not going to say it's without its negatives, but if you want to talk a gorgeous, peaceful, delightful, 
tranquil place. I was totally blown away by that solarium. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. Uh, you had all the, uh, you know, several pools. I didn't even count them. There's different levels. They had like the clamshells that were in the front where you could see, you'll see on the montage or you could see on my Instagram, there's one where my foot's just hanging out again. And you just don't want to move. I took a two hour nap in the damn solarium. There is no music. There is no kind of energy. There's no vibe. But. You're just completely chill. And it is a beautiful, beautiful, relaxing place to be. There's plant life. There's hot tubs. There's uh, multiple levels. There is a bar. There's actually a uh, bistro where you can eat. We didn't eat there at all, but very, very nice. And uh, two hot tubs, you know, the Royal Caribbean Signature hot tubs that are the ones that go out off to the side of the ship where you kind of like just hanging out, you know, you're off the side of the ship. Um and that's the pool deck. That's the pool and sports zone area. Uh, we talked about the kids. You had the spa and the gym. Not really much to talk about with that except that it was by far the most out-of-control gym that I've ever seen anywhere at sea and sometimes better than the ones on land. The spa was just really, really nice. You had everything. You had the hair salon. You had the nail salon. You had the thermal suites. You had the massage rooms. You had everything. I mean... The spa and the fitness center, the Vitality uh, Center, was just out of control. And then if you're in the gym, you can walk down a flight of stairs, and all of a sudden you're on the promenade deck, and you are able to jog around the entire circumference of the ship, which is one of the things that I said in a previous episode that I'd like to see more of at sea. Um, And uh, they have cool little motivational uh, signage hanging up as you're trying to run around the track, like things like your dessert can be guilt-free tonight. Uh, why would you stop now? You know, just motivational stuff, and you are completely and totally connected with the sea. The day that I went out there on the track and did a little walk around, which you could you know, again you'll see in the montage, uh, it was pretty high seas, so it was interesting out there. You're getting splashed around out there. It's, very, very, very nice. That's also the spot we went to when we were trying to watch the uh, <laughs> the pit runners, which you know I love to do. Uh, what else do we have? Entertainment we covered. Youth zone covered. Um, is that all the neighborhoods? Is that everything? Royal Promenade. Central Park. Yeah, that's all the neighborhoods. Uh, so that's everything that... If you want just like a regular tour of the ship, that is pretty much it. Some of the other things that were noticeable and worthy of being mentioned. Um, it's interesting. In a ship that big, if you're going forward and aft, uh, you're going to see it's not just your typical one line and rooms on either side. Towards the front and the back, there's a complete network of um, just random hallways going in multiple directions and it's just less of a uh, just it's a complete grid system but it's not just the one and one on either side now you're dealing with uh you know you make a right and another left there's still rooms make a left another right there's room so it's like a little bit of a network of rooms all right let's get into some personal experience stuff stuff that i liked stuff that i didn't like stuff that was just in general as part of the experience we just kind of did a layout of where everything was but now let's, I guess, this is going to be kind of random. It's going to kind of be like, I guess, just kind of random thoughts of things that I kind of recorded, made them mentally or, or down in my notes here, and uh, some things that I thought were worth mentioning. First and foremost, I don't know 
if you guys are familiar with the Oasis of the Seas, but there's a place in it called Dazzles. And it is almost like a nightclub. It's like a supper club almost. There's no food there, but it just has the feel of just an old school, almost like the Babylon, if you guys are familiar with Scarface at all. Like it's like a 1980s Miami Coke club where, uh, you know, it's just like the lit dance floor, the white on white. It just has a real, real kind of, dare I say cheesy, but really kind of cool and classy vibe at the same time. I w- that was maybe my favorite room in the in the place. Definitely from a decor standpoint. What does that say about me? Because it is a little cheesy, but it was really very comfortable in there. It was like a like a lounge, like a real, you know, Copacabana style, the Babylon Club, like show lounge where you would just kind of hang out, you listen to live music. There's two levels to it, so it was on two decks. And behind the band overlooked the boardwalk. So you'll see that in the montage too. There'll be pictures of that. And it really doesn't fall into any neighborhood. We didn't really even discover it till night three. And then once we did, we really, really enjoyed the, uh, you know, the Dazzles Club. And an interesting thing that happened in there one night, it was just... Pretty much they'll do, you know, they'll do kind of like a little bit of a light show and they'll do themed out live music performances. You know, most of the cruise ships have that main roving band that can do pop music that can, they're they're pretty much the most versatile. And this definitely was that group. Only this time they didn't rove them around the ship. They gave them their own room. And if you wanted to see them, you go to them. And one night they're doing Frank Sinatra hits. One night they're doing um, a Michael Jackson tribute. And then we couldn't help but notice, you know, and it's funny because they're Filipinos. And I said this before, I don't get it. Again, not trying to be racist or politically incorrect. But there is something about Filipino people that enable them to master musical instruments of any genre at any time. You would think that these people never even heard this music before. By the way, they were having to read the lyrics off of a karaoke freaking type of iPad thing. But the musicianship, the guitar playing, the drumming, they're just so good that they didn't even really need to know what the songs were. But I'm sure they mostly did. I'm sure they mostly knew the music, but it it had a little bit of a, you know, he was singing. So I guess what the night five or night six or whatever was uh, country music night. And I was like, these guys are going to do country music? Are you serious? In this room? So it was like, I posted a Facebook on my personal account. He's like... If anybody ever wanted to know what uh, a Filipino band in an 80s Scarface coked out nightclub looks like playing country western music, here it is. And I pretty much put uh, you know, a little bit of their performance on, on, the, uh, on my Facebook and it was just amazing. And to boot, on top of that. There was a group of older people. I think it was probably a group cruise of like 40 or 50 people. And we're in there for country music night. And all of a sudden, they start breaking into, um, you know, what song was it? I forgot the first song. I was like a, uh, I think it was a Dixie Chick song. And then all of a sudden, the dance floor just gets packed with 60 and 70-year-olds doing line dancing in the two-step we were so pumped. We thought that was awesome and the coolest thing. The setting was weird. The musical artists that were playing that type of music, it was weird. And the age of the people doing it was advanced. They were they were elderly. 
people were elderly. And you could tell there was like one ringleader. Uh, there was a couple of guys in cowboy hats down there, a couple of girls too as well. But then it was mostly just kind of older crowd just, I mean, going at it. You know, it was really, really cool to watch. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Me and, and Kay both were watching and we were both just overly impressed and just really enjoyed the music because these guys were pulling it off. These guys were playing this music. They were playing Billy Ray Cyrus. They were playing Brooks and Dunn. They were playing Garth Brooks. They were playing uh, Patsy Cline. They were play- and they were good. The woman vocalist was superior. And the male guitarist was just, I mean, I don't, again, I don't know. I watched one time on my first ever cruise on the Miracle, uh, this guitar player just whips into Eruption by Van Halen. And if you know that guitar solo that's in Eruption in Van Halen, you know how difficult it is. And it's almost like the greatest guitar player in the world is Eddie Van Halen, or one of them at least, top five or whatever, and definitely an innovator of that type of style of guitar playing, and uh, writes this guitar solo, and you think he's got to be one of the handful of people in the world who could actually pull it off, almost like Billy Joel when he's playing um, you know, Angry Young Man, that interlude, Angry Young Man. And uh, this just Filipino guy on this cruise ship just is nailing every note. This guy was pretty similar. He was doing his solos were just impressive. His solos warranted like stand up applauses, you know, every time. And you could tell the guy was just phenomenal what he did. So that was Dazzles. And uh, I thought it was like a little bit of a room that was kind of like a little bit of a hidden gem. If you are on Oasis of the Seas, if you go on Oasis of the Seas, you know, Dazzles is always going to have, you know, everything ranging from, you know, classic crooner hits all the way to country music to pop songs of today. Uh, they will always be playing something in that room. Michael Jackson, whatever whatever it is, I definitely check out uh, and, and do it. It's like a nice place. It's like a place you want to be kind of dressed up at. So maybe on one of those formal nights, grab a after dinner cocktail, make your way up to Dazzles and chill in Dazzles for a little while. You won't you won't regret it. That's for sure. Um, what else did I experience? So let's just talk about maybe the ports. I guess we'll jump into uh, again. Like I said. Bahamas, Nassau, we didn't get off the ship. We weren't planning on getting off the ship. Aside, we weren't going to get off anyway just because, again, I didn't want to go to Atlantis and I didn't want to do a resort for a day. If I'm going to do a resort for a day, I might as well stay on the floating resort that I'm on that I wanted to get in touch with more, you know, on a you know on an intimate level, just knowing it back and forth. So I thought Nassau, and especially throwing the fact that it was obscenely windy. Now, we coming down, I couldn't believe but notice how... Uh, you know, choppy the water was. We just saw white caps the whole time, and uh, the oasis of the seas, the most stable ship in the world, or one of them at least now at this point, it was it was getting tossed around a little bit. It was kind of interesting. Never like, uh, you know, like probably not like that um, anthem of the seas when it was hit that storm, but you know, we we noticed it was it was choppy and it was moving. So that wind was high. So we didn't get off the ship in in Nassau. We had a good time on the ship though. So then we uh well now it's time for St. Thomas. Now that's my day. You guys know. Did a little bit of reverse order situation. Uh you know what was interesting? We did not sail into the normal cruise port, which was uh, you know, uh Charlotte Amali. We went into Cruise Bay and uh that was a little disappointing. Uh even though it's really nice, they built it up. I had no idea that they did what they did to it, but it was nice and we what did we do? I got my friends at Senior Frog. So we got a cab and we went right to the other cruise port. At the other cruise port, 
there was a uh, celebrity ship and a Holland America ship, the Koningsdam, and yeah, I think it was the Celebrity Equinox, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, you know, so we went to Senior Frogs. Uh, shout out to my friend Yadi, who was there. The bartender was there. The you know, so a bunch of the same staff that we normally see there, uh, having a good time. It's a little bit different. I got to be honest with you, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real here for a second. As far as Senior Frogs go, they don't necessarily have their finger on the pulse of what's going on in the cruise industry. Maybe they should, but you know, they know what they told me was they heard. You know, it's not the same. Business has not been the same anymore. A because they, I guess St. Thomas had fallen out of favor a little bit, or they're not as getting, they're not getting as many of the big three at that port. So you have these giant mega ships like Oasis of the Seas. They can't fit in uh, the standard Charlotte Amali. So they're making deals with Holland America, Princess, Celebrity. And, you know, what does that tell you? Look at the demographic. So you're seeing your frogs. What the hell? You know, what are you going to do? You know, and we, yeah, sure enough, we went in there and the place is very big, but there was about seven tables occupied, all just elderly people sitting in chairs and it was just quiet as hell. And she was kind of saying to me, it's like, you know, A, yeah, they moved the cruise terminal for Royal Caribbean, whatever over there. Uh, and we have been getting less carnival in Norwegian. We've been getting more of these older ships. That's one thing. But also the other thing is, you know, the drink package, she's like, I think some of these cruise lines offer all-you-can-drink packages. And I'm like, yeah, no, they all do. She's like, no, not not all of them, but I think some of them do. And that kind of keeps people from, you know, these, you know, cost-conscious people from saying, why am I going to get off the ship two feet away and get drunk at Senior Frogs when I paid for a drink package? And I had to kind of, like, let her know, like, listen, you know what I'm saying? They all, I'm telling you, they all offer a drink package pretty much. Uh, at least the major cruise lines do now and that you're right that absolutely has to affect you guys so it was a little bit of a feeling of uh senior frogs was taking a bit of a hit and uh you know certainly it was 11 30 in the morning you know we got a couple shots going and there was she was enjoying herself after that but you know like i said i always do my routine badass coffee first no matter what and uh you'll see that in the montage if you're not if you're in st thomas start your day off with some badass coffee it's uh right uh, to the left of the Haven site, um, shopping mall, that's right at that main cruise port. Uh, but it's in with a bunch of other stores and other locations. It's a beautiful walk. Like you're walking, if you're coming, or let's just say you pulled in, you docked in the main cruise ship terminal. You make the left, you stay left, and just hug pretty much the water. You walk by all these beautiful boats. You walk by this beautiful area. You have to walk outside the um, cruise port uh, fence. But then you stay left. And you come upon a badass coffee. It's a Hawaiian-based coffee shop. They use the real coffee, uh, frozen ice cubes, and it's just delicious. And I got actually got a T-shirt this time to, uh, you know, me being the nostalgic sap that I am. But love, I always love going to uh, badass coffee. Then we went over to like Senior Frogs, like I said, and then we went over to uh, Hooters just for again nostalgia, just one because it's kind of tradition. Had a shot, and then um, the next move that you make, and this is different because usually I'm way earlier because the ship didn't get into port until 11. We didn't get off the ship until 11.30. We got to be back on by 7 or 8. I don't even know. The ship time situation was throwing me off this time because we're dealing with daylight savings time, and it was all it was a whack, it was a, it was a wacky thing. So all these 
you know, these open-air taxi, safari taxi people are kind of trying to wrap up their day. So they're finished, and we're not only getting one until like 3 or 4 o'clock. So I, I told Kay, I was like, listen, you got to do this. Now, it's starting to – the weather isn't great. It's not the best weather, but I say we're going to do it anyway because the views are worth it. They're breathtaking or whatever. First four or five people, but mind you, we're, we're there. We're drunk. We've had a bunch of shots. You're not going to Senior Frogs without them, you know, getting you drunk or whatever. So that happened. And, you know, we're pretty much just trying to flag down these open-air taxis. We've never had an issue trying to do it. But, yeah, we've also been doing it at noon versus at 3 p.m. Finally, we're getting a couple, but I like, like I said, I need the sound system. So they don't have the right sound system. So I let them go. Now we finally get one guy who says, um, you know, he gives us a hard time, says he's done. I'm like, come on, man. You know, 175 bucks. Let's just do it. Give us a give us a three hour tour. And usually we pay, you know, twenty dollars a person. Usually six people. Usually it's like 120 bucks uh, to get that done. But I just wanted to, you know, see if it could happen. So he did. He put us in. He's like, I can't do the whole tour because Mountaintop is closed by now. That was probably like four four thirty five o'clock now, and. I was like, I don't care. Just take us to pretty places. Take us up the hill. Take us to beautiful places. And that's what he did. Pump the reggae music. There's this song called, I don't know what it's called, but it's so nice. It's called, it sounds like so nice, so nice. And you're going up the hill. You got your buzz going. You're going through the beautiful views and hitting the clearings. And you got this song that is just basically shouting out all three of the major U.S. Virgin Islands and singing a verse and reggae about them. And, man, it was nice. And everybody I bring up there, I'm going to tell you something, man. Oh, and by the way, we were trying to get up there. The minute we get in the safari, it starts unloading raining, pouring, pouring, pouring rain, torrential. So now this guy's regretting doing it. We're thinking this is a bad idea. It's starting to even get dark out. We're like, what the hell's going on right now? However, the sky cleared up. We got started. We established the rapport with the driver, whose name is Tebow, by the way. Find Tebow. Uh, hold on a second. I think I got his phone number here, and I'm gonna read his phone number over the air because I'm gonna tell you something. This guy was worth it. At the end, you'll see why. But let me see where I could find this guy's number. Um, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Three four zero six two six five nine eight six three four zero six two six five nine eight six. If you're ever in St. Thomas and you want a guy who's just going to pick you up, take you where you want to go, and give you just the ultimate tour, Tebow is his name, as in Tim Tebow. I don't know, don't ask, but he gave us a great tour. So we're driving up and down these hills. And uh, beautiful clearings. He's taken us into private property, and it's just funny. People are yelling at us for being – we're not on their property, but they're kind of building like little houses or extensions of their houses on a hill. And uh, we're just getting out, and they're just the last thing they thought they were going to see was just four random – three random tourists. I mean I'm saying two random tourists, but Tebow as well. Uh, you know, standing on the cliff that's right near their house, like, what the hell are you doing here? And, of course, it was the perfect view. We got a bunch of good pictures. You'll see them on the montage as well. And then uh started to get dark. Uh, Tebow was like, and we, we continued to get drunk. <laughs> and Tebow was like, you got to make your shit, man. I'm like, come on, no, show me something cool at night. He took us to uh, uh, Emerald Beach, which I think I'd been there before, if I'm not mistaken. And it was like a cool little... Uh, 
kind of island bar but then led right to the water and you know you're right on the ocean and i mean like the sea and you're enjoying yourself there and we watched the sun go down there now it's pitch black we don't even know where it is and i think the ship left in my mind i thought the ship left but the ship didn't leave he brought us back to the ship and you know the guys yelling on us he told us that we were the uh out of there was five people we were two out of the last five on the ship so after us there was three more people that i don't even know if they ever even made it though but You'll see on the Instagram, uh, you could see me kind of having a playful back and forth with him. And I'm like, well, come on. This ship is going to be here for another hour. It's still tied up. He's like, no, sir. I'm here to get the ship out. You need to get on the ship right now or the ship is leaving without you. And he was kind of saying it with a little bit of smile. He knew the camera was rolling, so he was he was playing it up a little bit. And it was fun. But we made it on the ship, and that was not the closest call we've ever had. Shout out to Sony uh, back in 2013 or 12 i believe it was yeah 2012 all right so uh that was uh saint thomas saint martin was really really cool uh as always we went to maho beach the planes don't weren't coming that low uh that time and then it did rain a little bit there as well but then the rain completely cleared in the middle of the day and uh we left maho beach and we asked to go to the downtown area which is the downtown area, which is connected to Great Bay Beach. And now, I did the port profile of St. Martin, and I said this before. I think Great Bay Beach gets a little bit of a bad rap. It's beautiful to be able to look out. It's a cove. It's got beautiful, calm, serene waters because there is a cove. There's a little protected by a little bit of an inlet there. You could see the cruise ships. It's a little crowded, a little touristy, uh, but it has a boardwalk with all restaurants and cool bars and everything like that. Uh, if you're looking for pristine and gorgeous, untouched, natural beauty, you go to Orient Beach because that is just picturesque, postcard, screensaver type stuff. But again, I'm telling you, uh, Great Bay Beach is no slouch either. We did some jet skiing. Um, what else over there? Oh, by the way, we, when we left uh, Great Bay Beach to go back to the cruise ship, uh, I'll post just the isolated video of aside from the montage montage the uh the cab driver that we had again they do not fail saint martin one of the most favorite things to do in saint martin is to take freaking cabs these guys are not tour operators these guys are not uh you know excursions themselves but they literally are you get in any cab and you start getting them going ask them a couple of questions about the island they literally just exude enthusiasm for where they live and you know they they understand that we are their bread and butter where i would be like you know what these freaking you know entitled cruise ship passengers come off the ship and just start walking around and as no you show them a little bit respect and they will give you the their heart and their soul and just talk about their island and uh you know over the next week or so just keep checking back on the youtube uh channel which is always be booked. And you'll see I got a recording, another recording of um, of, uh, of 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 uh, a great cab driver. He had a funny line. I'll probably screw it up. But it was like our, our biggest, uh, our biggest way we make money, the biggest economy here is tourism. And our tourism is so good that our biggest export is babies. So that was funny. Uh, again, he did it better than me. But... Then we got back on the ship, beautiful sunset, uh, hung out in the solarium, um, and that was pretty much it. So it was pretty much a two-port uh, 
cruise for us. Like I said, we didn't get off in Nassau. What are some of the other notes I have here written down? Interesting things that I thought were interesting. Um, all right, just to nitpick a little bit. Uh, on the Lido deck, again, it makes sense now. First day, it didn't make sense. The speakers were blown to shit. Like, it sounded like crap. They were trying to pump up a nice, uh, I guess, a, uh, a sail-away deck party. But they couldn't get there to that level because the, the speakers sounded like crap. And I'm like, why would Royal Caribbean have crappy speakers? Again, hopefully they'll fix them. But at the same time, you could see why. Because they just really very rarely entertained heavy up on the top deck there that wasn't really their main focus i thought the staff was rude when i first got on that ended up evening evening itself out now went to the back bar you know a couple of things where you know the mustard drill is going to start people go up to the bar i want to drink and the guy's just like read the sign and the sign says no drinks until this time whatever and then people yell at them you don't have to be rude and so i got off to a weird start i'm like oh so this is how this cruise is these people kind of like you know, I, I don't really, I didn't really get that off Carnival or Norwegian. I never really got rudeness before. Maybe it's not necessarily Royal Caribbean. Maybe it's the size of the ship that they're just a little bit less personal. But that completely evened itself out after day two or day three. Again, you know, that was just bad luck that it happened right away off out, out of the gate. But uh, most of the, you know, you have your people who are indifferent. They don't give a crap, and you know, the bigger dude over by the. Uh, uh, the pool bar uh, was a little bit of a, a crab, but the guys in the back were awesome. The guys in the solarium were awesome. The, when I say the back, I mean the uh, wipeout bar were awesome. Um, you know, the room steward was awesome. The room steward and the dining main dining room waiter, those are always your two pretty much guaranteed nicest people. If you get rude, of if you get them and they're rude, it's going to be a long cruise because usually that's never the case. Most of the bartenders were cool. The servers were cool. Um, but, yeah, you get a couple of crabs here and there. Again, what are you going to do? You're at, they're at sea for who knows how long, um, and it is what it is. Ideally, it's not that case, but sometimes it is. Uh, what else? Uh, I did hear the ship was easy to get around. Uh, it just takes a little bit longer. That is absolutely true. It did not feel overly crowded. Sometimes in the main areas when there was a big event going on, like the promenade, uh, yes, a little bit, but overall, hell no, not at all. The amount of food just staggers you, you know what I mean, between the windjammer, which was good, and all the food that is just on that ship, it's just out of control. Um, you know, it was interesting, too. There's actual, the, there's so many restaurants on the ship, there's actual competition between restaurants. It reminded me of the nightclub stuff. There was actually uh, women from Sabor flyering the boardwalk to try to get you to come to Sabor and not to go to uh, Giovanni's or not to go to, you know, Johnny Rockets. They were giving you 20% off coupons, almost like flyering, like we do in the nightclub business. It's funny. Uh, I talked about the English pub, which is really, really cool. One thing I did not like, uh, you know, you have in every cruise ship, you have the piano bar and you have the roving guitar singer guy, right? So you have the piano player and the guitar player. They both play, they both play their instruments. They both sing. I didn't like that they had back tracks. They had backing tracks. Um, I like to hear the guitar and hear the guy. I like to hear the piano and hear the guy. The guitar seemed to be like an accompaniment to him singing on top of, which was just like, it sounded like a cheesy-ass karaoke track of just like drums and bass and maybe some organ. And the same thing with the piano. You heard drums and you heard bass. Uh while he sang and played the piano over that 
keep it raw. I I say, you know what I mean. Keep it keep it uh like like uh you know trimmed down uh, is what I think. Cause I didn't like the backtrack. Um, what else? The room, the stateroom was great. I looked at the stateroom originally. And I was like, eh, it's kind of unimpressive. It was kind of bland looking, and it kind of had a small feel to it from my first impressions. Once I started putting stuff away, I was like, damn, this place unpacks well. I was putting, there was plenty of room, and there would have been more room for two or more people. Just throughout, whether it's the closet space or the shelving or the way it's laid out. Uh, And the other thing is you didn't feel like in the hallway when you walk in, it was almost like a wide corridor on the Oasis. It felt like, you know, you, you didn't have to close one door to open another like you do on some of those other ships so it it looked small to the eye but functionally it felt bigger which is weird and the tv was like 37 inches which is unheard of um the bed was very very comfortable like i said storage uh, storage was great um johnny rockets was good sabor was eh what else are we talking about here? The ice skating show at sea, which was crazy. I, I can't... Just the fact that there's an ice skating show at sea. And I'm wondering where they find these professional freaking ice skaters to come on cruise ships. And I'll tell you this about the ice skating show. I went to bed in the beginning. I was snoring. I'm not going to lie. I had a few drinks during the day. Then we just got done with dinner. For the first 15 minutes of the ice skating thing, it was all like quiet, classical music, and then there was this painting, uh, uh, sand drawing thing that literally, I, I honestly, some people thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, me or Kay couldn't give a crap less about it. And then out of nowhere, they started amping it up a little bit. They were playing some rock music, some contemporary music. They were skating around, flying around the rink, jumping into the crowd a little bit. Now I was engaged. I was up. I was ready to go. Uh, I guess that makes sense. They're building it to a crescendo. But... Again, I do the whole thing that way. You know what? Keep keep it going the whole way. Keep it keep it fun the whole time. Um, what else? Comedy was terrible. I said that. Uh, you know what's interesting too? These guys are a little lazy uh, bartending and serving. Um, I tip every drink, even though I have the package. I guess they just assume that you won't. But the first thing they'll do is they unload. They'll put a freaking they. they I guess that makes sense too because you're basically going to get your drinks and if you're paying a la carte per drink, it makes sense to you know pour you accurately or maybe even under pour you so you have to keep coming back for drinks. But if they already got your money, why do they want to see you five, six, seven times in the next hour when they can unload and not have to bother with you for another you know couple of hours? So they were definitely making a lot of uh, stiff, stiff drinks. You didn't have to necessarily uh, find the guy that was on the take, like I said in the uh, podcast when I interviewed my buddy Mike, um, that one we won't talk about. But um, the uh, and the other thing was is that they would just run the card, and I'd be waiting to sign. They're like, no, you're good. Don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, it's fine. I, was, I tip 2 $3 each time. I don't just, you know, I, I get that the gratuity is included, but I tip on every drink. If you don't have me sign the card i'm not tipping you know you you're losing out on a tip but that's that's you know they didn't they didn't want to deal with that so they didn't uh what else um room service we did most nights one night they tried to tell me uh there's no diet coke i'm like what 
I'm paying for it. Well, yeah, we know you'll pay for it, but there's no Diet Coke. We just can't get to an open bar right now because it's 4.30 in the morning and all the bars are closed. I'm like, do me a favor. I just lost in the casino. I just paid for a cruise. I'm ordering room service. You're telling me on this ship I can't get a Diet Coke for room service? And yeah, was I being a... Did I, I asked myself, I said to myself, am I just being a freaking entitled American jerk-off just demanding my Diet Coke? And I, at first I said yes. But then you know what? I said no. I actually, I want a Diet Coke. You've got freaking 6,500 people on this ship fully stocked. I know damn well there's a Diet Coke on this cruise, on this ship. I just spent, I don't even want to talk about what I lost in a casino. And I don't want to talk about what, I, what I've been spending. I'm, I'm gonna. De- sorry, I'm gonna demand you that you find me a diet coke. No, no offense. I'll tip you. I'll take care of the guy, but I want the diet coke. And uh, she goes, "Sir, I apologize. It sounds to me like, and I wasn't being unreasonable. I really, really make an effort to not be that guy, to be the, you know. So I was saying it, and I was kind of demanding it, but I was demanding it as respectfully as possible. And she comes back with. Sir, it sounds very much like you are very upset that you lost a lot of money in the casino and you're taking it out on me. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not. I understand it's not your fault that I lost money in the casino. I'm just alluding to the fact that I'm spending a lot of money on this ship. Now, I would really, really appreciate it if somebody could find a way to, with my room service meal that, you know, I, I'm, I'm ordering, that I can have a Diet Coke. And they said, we will do our best, sir. And, of course, they found the Diet Coke, and they brought the Diet Coke. But, uh, you know, don't make me go through all that crap, right? All right, what else? Oh, big thing. Uh, They just started it. From what I heard, they just started it on our cruise. And uh, it is the policy on Oasis of the Seas, and they're using that as an experimental ship, to have lifeguards at every pool. And I'll tell you something right now. Uh, That's weird. It's weird. I don't know if it's going to be a long-term experiment or a short-term experiment. Let me explain to you the situation how we saw these lifeguards. We're in the solarium first day. We're just kind of chilling in there. And there's a small pool in the solarium. And it's like, um, I don't know, maybe 12 feet around, square feet around. And at deepest point is 3 feet 11 inches. So it's pretty much just a, a baby pool sitting right there. Beautiful solarium. Everything looking pristine, beautiful, nice. And you have an imposing, I'm going to say angry looking. I mean, I would be too if I'm standing there. Guy in red and white Baywatch outfit uh, hooked up with uh, water shoes and a uh, sunglasses, you know, and just bright red and white colors and a floaty, like whatever you call it. It's just a flotation device holding on to it the whole time. With a whistle in his mouth standing over this baby pool. It was a comedy. You'll see that on the montage too. And I'll maybe post it on Instagram just to see if I can get a good picture of it. And you'll see it. But it was just – and, and and that's the thing. They're at every pool. So these lifeguards are at every pool. They don't give them chairs. They're standing right at the the base of the pool ready to spring into action. Like this guy looked like he was ready to dive into this – baby pool where just the full he could have jumped over it if he tried to jump in and he probably wouldn't have been able to he would have jumped clear over it and it's three foot eleven in 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 depth 
And then, yeah, of course, in the bigger pools. But it was still awkward at every pool because these people are literally just standing in one spot. They don't have a chair. They're just braced to jump in the water. And for the one or two children that die every five years or whatever the stat is, this is the result. And this is why this is happening. You have, and I'm going to guess at any point, uh, I don't know, at least 10 lifeguards standing around to react to an emergency that will happen maybe once a year on the entire ship. So it's a ridiculous thing that they actually have to take on that payroll for that, but it's even more, a more ridiculous visual, just seeing them standing there ready for action and not just completely uncomfortable. Uh, is, is It actually, you notice it. like you're trying, you almost It almost is like distracting to your good time, a little bit almost. I mean, it's not, you're gonna, you know, it's just kind of weird. These guys are just almost like authoritative figures standing over the pool looking for you to, you know, do something wrong or somebody just drowned or it's just, it's just kind of weird. I got a feeling the way from the visual, it probably won't be such a long-term thing. It probably, I, I'm predicting they will scrap the lifeguard situation or at least as it is now. From what I heard that they don't do it themselves, they don't hire themselves, they get it from an agency and uh, they pay the agency, um, and the lifeguards are pay- are paid by that agency, and the contract is with uh, Royal Caribbean. Um, what else was there that I wanted to go over? That might be it. If I think of some other stuff, I'm going to bring them up on other episodes. I know this wasn't the biggest, most action-packed, funny, you know, crazy, you know, personality type of uh, episode, but I did want to almost do like a ship profile and give anybody who uh, you know hasn't sailed the Oasis of the Seas my take on it, and just kind of give you a feel of what what I think the ship has to offer and what you can do on it. Again, in summation, oh my gosh, just walking around this ship was an absolute pleasure. You never got sick of looking over those you know on the Lido deck, looking over at Central Park, or looking over on the boardwalk, and just wondering how this freaking massive, massive hog of a ship. Uh, just came into existence and who thought this up and you know I, I was just again like I said I know I'm late to the party and I know Oasis has been around for a while and it's you know to a lot of you guys it's yeah yeah I've been on the Oasis six seven times already but man ah oh, that was my first mega ship experience and believe me that is a mega ship I feel like you know if you want to make it a personal small cruise ship type of an experience you can you can pick your two to five bars that you go to and you kind of hang out there and pretend the freaking, you know, the pretend pretend the solarium doesn't exist. Or most people, people who hung out in the solarium were loyal to the solarium. So then pretend the wipeout bar doesn't exist. Pretend the central park bar doesn't exist. And you get into your own little rhythm there. You make friends with those bartenders. I feel like you can still get that same small ship experience on this ship. It just depends on what type of cruise you want to have. Um... But that's about it. I'm probably going to pass out tonight and figure out some other stuff that I wanted to mention that I forgot to mention. And I'll do the best I can to write them down. But I'm happy to be back, believe it or not. I'm happy to uh, you know, be with you guys. And uh, I'm glad I got another cast out. Things are going good with the cast. It was cool to come back and see the numbers where they are. They're even up higher because you know, I'm not obsessively looking at them every day. So when you take a break from seven days and you see them, 
and uh, you see the big jump, it's really, really encouraging. Don't forget, guys, uh, check out cruiseradio.net. Check out the Splendor Review, and you'll hear me on Doug's show, and I'll be reviewing the Carnival Splendor, the Sam Hunt Cruise, uh, you know, back in October from Carnival Live. Thank you so much for listening. Man, I cannot wait to get on another Oasis-class ship, but not before we have the Carnival Vista booked in early October. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. We'll be talking about the Vista between now and then here and there. I'd love to hear some information that you guys might have about the Vista. Carlos, what's up, buddy? You know, we still got to do that Vista interview. I want to hear your thoughts on the Vista. And, um, you know, we got a couple other possible cruises lined up. We're thinking about maybe a Thanksgiving quick getaway on a uh, on a Royal Caribbean ship. I think that's on the Independence, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, looks like a little quick, little cheapo. I'm hoping to hear back from these people, Royal Caribbean, because, again, uh, you know, there was a sizable amount of money, for me at least, that was left in the casino. First time cruiser. Uh, I don't know. I know it's not Disney. It's Royal Caribbean. Let's see if they want me back. You know, don't tell them. They're going to get me back either way. But uh, I'm excited, man. There's a lot of... A lot of good stuff coming up. The weather's about to turn. Shout out to everybody in New York. New York City, please be safe. Do not go out in a snowstorm tomorrow. Do your thing. Enjoy yourself. And we will talk to you next time. Always be good. Thanks, guys. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You could worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean. But you got to get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand one part sea. And one part set of a nine-on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy